How many of you have a, remember, remember the phrase family Bible? How many of you remember that? Raise your hand. It means you're probably old, I'm just going to tell you. They don't have those anymore, really, you know. And if you've got one, then yay, all righty. We're talking, we, 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 we've moved into the biblical family Bible, just so you know this morning, all righty. So let's pray together before we get into it. God, I want to praise you and thank you again that as we gather in this place, God, you, you've told us by your word you meet with us here. And so, God, we just simply want to stop. We want to turn down the noise of the world. We want to focus our hearts, our mind, our spirit on you and, and hear you, God. We want to hear from your word. Yes, it's First Chronicles. Yes, it looks sort of mundane. And yet, God, you've spoken to us. You inspired it. You gave it to us for a reason. So, God, help us to hear it. God, help us to pay attention. God, help us to understand what it is that we're supposed to learn from your people through the, through the historical narrative of your word. And so, God, help us to, to pay attention to those things. And we just pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. So we are in God said it. We, we are in the, the word of God. God has spoken. God spoke all of creation into existence. We have, his, we have his spoken revelation all around us. Just look at a leaf. That's God's spoken revelation right there. We have God's written word. This is the word of God. It is all the word of God. Genesis to Revelation, all of it. You don't get to edit it. You don't get to cut parts out. You don't even get to, 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 to you know, what do they call you? Know, you well, you can highlight it. That's okay. We'll let you do that. But you know, when, when, you, when you read some government documents where they black out parts of it? Redacted. Thank you very much, Ed. You don't get to redact the Word of God. This is God's Word, all of it. Okay? So we pay attention to it. Third thing, we have the living Word of God, which is Jesus Himself. And He's alive right now at the right hand of the Father. And it is only by Him that we have salvation. It is only through the shed blood of Jesus Christ that we have redemption. And so I, I just emphasize those things all year long. We're reading through the Bible using the Bible Project app. And so it gives you three or four chapters a day unless you get to First Chronicles 6. Because I'm already there because I'm ahead of everybody writing the daily gathering. The gathering in the Word. If you want to get the gathering in the Word, daily devotional, fill out a card, put your email there and write, opt in for the gathering in the word because it goes out to like 700 people every day <clears throat> and first chronicles 6 is like 60 verses of names just so you know i was looking at that and i was going what can i write devotionally about this so uh, anyway so we are in chronicles and the reason i call it uh, i use a, a commentary that i like because it's pretty simple and it's more like a handbook but uh, basically in in the bible guide well, which is, is, is this commentary I like to use. It says the books of Chronicles, which originally it was one book of Chronicles, but, but we have it in the Bible as, as, as God has given it to us and preserved it throughout history. We've got two, uh, and they go in succession. And, and, and this particular commentator calls it the family Bible of the Jewish scriptures. Why? I started looking at that. I was like, all right, what is that? All right, so think about your family Bible a minute. What's in there? Why, why, why? I said, yes, you've got scripture. Yeah, right. But there's a reason it's called the family Bible. It's got the history there, the tree. Who, who married so-and-so and when? How many kids they had? 
And then you start seeing this little, it's not a Venn diagram, but this little thing of the family tree kind of thing, right? And you can go back and say, well, that was grandma so-and-so or great-grandma this or whatever. And that, that becomes sort of that. And you know what? It never dawned on me. My, my grandma had one at her house, I think. Uh, my sister who's watching online, she'll know, and, and she'll probably text me right now. And fortunately, my phone's in the closet. Uh, but in there, it never dawned on me to look at that and go, well, that's not right. Never dawned on me to look at what my, my family members might have written down over the history and said, well, this was your grandfather this, and this was his children, and this was that. And it never dawned on me to look at that and go, well, that's not true. Now, nowhere in my makeup did I look at that and go, I don't believe it. Here's the word. I don't trust my family members who have written this down. Hey? Hey? What's the title of the message today? Trust me, not them. Right? I mean, because here's what I believe about the Word of God and why I don't really acknowledge the challenges to the Word of God. I believe God, by His Spirit, breathed it out and has protected it for us to have the revelation of who He is. Okay? That's why I trust it. If I don't understand something, it's not God. It's me. Okay, so I just keep researching and looking and all these kind of things. And so when we look at this, this is the history, the story of Israel from Adam all the way essentially to the present day. All right, so when you read Chronicles, yes, we're backtracking now. We're going back in history and coming back through where we've already been through First and Second Samuel and First and Second Kings. But the chronicler, because we don't know specifically who wrote it, and so the chronicles are written by the historians of the people. And so they go back through these family records, these, these individual family scroll Bibles or something, and, and they write down all the stuff. And so we've got it all. And so some chapters in Chronicles are, are just, just lists of names. And, and, and guess what? All right, so uh, it's fun for me to listen to people read these texts because you know that they get, I don't know how to pronounce it, right? You know, you, you just start pronouncing it just anyway and, and just... Just throwing some good old, and, and for me, I grew up in South Carolina, so it's good southern dialect, and, and so you're going to hear it, all right? But here's what we're talking about today. You ready? We are in First Chronicles 5, verses 18 to 26, and we're dealing with what's referred to as the Transjordan tribes, those that stayed on the, the east side of the Jordan River when, when, the, when the land was being uh, conquered and, 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 and when they were moving into the land. And so we're, and, and this is the text in the Bible project for today. If you're not there, if you're a day or two ahead or a day or two behind, or if you've gotten way behind, this is where we are today. So here you go. The descendants of Reuben and Gad. And, ha and half the tribe of Manasseh had 44,760 warriors who could serve in the army. Men who carried shield and sword, drew the bow, and were trained for war. So this is, this is two and a half tribes, uh, almost 50,000 warriors. Okay, They waged war against the Hagrites, Jeter, Naphish, and Nodab. There you go. Uh, they, now, here's verse 20. I want to highlight this just a little bit. They received help against these enemies because they cried out to God in battle and the Hagrites and all their allies were handed over to them. He was receptive to their prayer because they trusted in him. 
They captured the Hagrides' livestock, 50,000 of their camels, 250,000 sheep, and 2,000 donkeys, as well as 100,000 people. Many of the Hagrides were killed because it was God's battle, and they lived there in the Hagrides' place until the exile. Now, that's a historical account. That is just the historian, the chronicler, writing down the history, right? Writing down just what happened. It doesn't, we're going to get into what I think are some highlights there for us to understand and apply. Verse 23 says, the descendants of the half-tribe of Manasseh settled in the land from Bashan to Baal Hermon, that is, Sinir or Mount Hermon, they were numerous. These were the heads of their ancestral families. Ephor, Ishi, Eliel, Azriel, Jeremiah, I got that one. <laughs> Hodaviah and Jadiel. Now listen to this line. They were valiant warriors, famous men, and heads of their ancestral houses. <clears throat> but they were unfaithful to the God of their ancestors. They prostituted themselves with the gods of the nations God had destroyed before them. So the God of Israel roused the spirit of King Pul. And this is one of my favorite names to read this next one coming up. That is Tiglath-Pileser. Man, I like that name. Tiglath-Pileser. You just kind of walk around the house saying that. Right? King Pul of Syria. And he took the Reubenites, Gadites, and half-tribe half the tribe of Manasseh, into exile. He took them to Hala, Habor, Hara, and Gozen's River, where they are until today. So the chronicler is writing, obviously at a point in time, at a current time, and he's researching records and family records and and national records and all those kind of things. And he's putting down a summary of, of the historical account of God's people. And it's interesting to me that, that, that there is, there's comment in there, okay? So by inspiration of God, the chronicler comments on the history. Now, any of you ever watch the news and make a comment about the news? <laughs> Never, Right? Any any of you, uh, just take, now I'm going to use this word on purpose, but here you go. Any of you just take as gospel something you hear some talking head say on the television? (laughs) No, see, because I use the word gospel. But if I said, do you trust some of the things you hear on the television? I've preached on trust twice this year already. I remember way back, this idea of who do you trust? Do do you, y'all know what I, ah. Do you trust the news? You don't have to amen. Do you trust the politicians? Don't amen. Do you, here you go. Do you trust your neighbor? Okay, yes, right. Well, see, I got to admit, there's a guy that I just really, 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 he's a great friend of mine and loves, and, and, and he, he, he said something a couple weeks ago that I absolutely don't believe, but he believes it with all of his being. And, and, and I got to be honest with you, we could have at that point when he said it just, all right, come on, 
But he's older than I am, and I'd have hurt him. Right? But what he said, I don't believe for a minute. But he has absorbed some comment, some report, some something. Now, I'm going to give it away. Y'all ready? This was his concluding statement in what he said. He said, well, I just trust the science. And I went, ah! No, I didn't, but that's what I wanted to do. See, the question is, God is telling us to trust him. God is telling us to put all our trust in him. God is telling us to pay attention to him. God is revealing to us through the history of his people that he is faithful, that we can count on him, that he is reliable, that, that all of the noise that we hear in the world around us is suspect. Okay? Now, I'm not telling you to run off on a tangent and go live on a mountaintop somewhere and watch the stars and go join the comet when it goes by. I'm not. Sorry, that's a historical reference too, just so you know. But I'm telling you, when we get into the Word of God and understand what it is that God has revealed of Himself to us, pay attention. Now, I'm not saying you ignore everything out there. I remember for the last two years, I've been saying, be wise. What does it mean to be wise? I've been saying, be cautious. What does it mean to be cautious? Right? I, I, I've been telling you, take care of you. I've been telling, my, is Scott in here? Yeah, he's over there. I've been telling Scott for a few weeks now, well, since Easter. Wasn't it Easter that you got to vacation down at New Hanover? That's what I thought. <laughs> I've been telling Scott for two weeks now, Scott, I exercise six days a week for a reason. Six days a week. I know y'all are surprised by that. You know, I either walk and run or I ride a stationary bike and do floor exercises. I do all that stuff because this is the only body I got. And I recognize that, guess what? It's not as capable as it was 10 years ago. Or 15 years ago. And certainly not 20 years ago. Okay? So I'm trying to keep it going. Man, you know, you use like grease guns and... Well, they, that, that's called some, some, some tablet I take. I don't know. Anyway, God has spoken to us, folks. God has said what is truth. God has given us truth. Listen to this. They received help against these enemies... Because they cried out to God in battle. The Hagrites and all their allies were handed over them, handed over to them. He was receptive to their prayer because they trusted him. They trusted him. Can I be honest with you? I know some folks in, in our culture and in our society who have trusted other than God and been let down. There have been some things said in the news that just are absolutely not true. There have been some things that have been said politically, medically, all those kinds, that just isn't true. Now, that obviously is an opinion I've formed. Guess what? You don't have to listen to me either. I would even say, listen to God before you even pay attention to me. Now, hopefully I'm doing my homework. 
you guys obviously came and sat down to listen, and, and you trust me to have done my homework. Listen to what it says there. He was receptive to their prayer because they trusted in him, in him. At, at, at this point in the conquest, they had trusted in God, and God gave them victory. Okay? God gave them victory over these, 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 the, the, these tribes, these, these cities, these towns, these people groups. And, and, and God had promised way back when he told Abraham, go out and survey the horizon and see the land and I will give it to you and your family and your descendants as far from the north to the south to the east to the west. And so now when they come in to conquer the land, God gives it to them. And then it goes through the fact that, that they took all their livestock. This was obviously some pretty sweet land. 50,000 camels. 250,000 sheep, not to mention 2,000 donkeys. And then the people group that, that, that God actually gave over to them, 100,000 people. Now, we, we can all debate you know, the, the, the war ethic of the Old Testament. Why, why are these people groups given over to God? Because they were idolatrous. They were an offense to the very holiness and righteousness and perfection of God. Okay? Which that kind of leads us to the next highlighted text. Uh, verse at the, the last half of verse 24 it says, They were valiant warriors, famous men, and heads of their ancestral houses. So, so he's listing for us the heads of the half tribe of Manasseh. And these men were, were incredible warriors. But they were unfaithful to the God of their ancestors. Remember, I warned you once upon a time to be careful on the, of the backside of your statements. For instance, if I tell you that Miss Edna here makes the best chocolate chip cookies in the world, right? I just told Kathy back there that her chocolate chip cookies aren't as good as Edna's. Now, that's not true because we, we've been eating cotton. We got more chocolate chip cookies than Chips Ahoy. Since Angie's surgery. And Angie's doing well, y'all. Angie's, she's, she told me, go back to work. She's tired of me. No, I'm just kidding. Um, my point in that is, is she said, yeah, you can go back to your schedule now. So I'm doing what I do. And, uh, but see, when you say one thing, there's always something else that's being said. Okay? There's always something else that's being said. So right here when it says they were unfaithful to the God of their ancestors, that, that, without even going to the next sentence, well, who were they faithful to? Who were they serving? Who were they worshiping? Who were they listening to? Who were they putting their trust in? Who were they paying attention to? Right? See, I like listening to a lot of people. And take a little bit over here and take a little bit over there and take a little bit over there. And then, and then try to give heed to the weight of what's being said. Because quite honestly, if there's an argument, then it means it's not decided. If somebody over here says one thing, somebody says something over there, and they're both scholarly or, or dare I say, peer-reviewed, that means there's not agreement. That means now I have to say, okay, what do I believe? 
Who do I listen to? And I've said it, I've said it in here before. Look, God's got my life in his hands. I'm not worried about it. You know what? God knows my days and the numbers of them. And I'm like, yay! All right? So all this stuff's going on. I got people every week now going, do you think we're in the end times? And I go, well, it wouldn't surprise me if we were. Okay? It wouldn't. But I don't know that. There are differing opinions. I know some preachers got charts. Man, they got a timeline that this is what's happening and this is where Jesus is coming back. And I'm going, no, he said you don't know that. Okay? Who do you trust? Trusting God, trusting the Word of God, trusting the declaration of God is victory. We win. Scott, did you? Yeah, you had the outline. Okay, gotcha. All right. Now, okay. It's a God thing. All right. Trusting God is victory. We started out today, victory in Jesus, right? And then Scott changed the timeless hymn, Victory in Jesus, by adding something to it. I'm just kidding. You know, it was good. Trusting God is victory, folks. If you don't trust God, guess what? You can count on, on being compromised in the world we live in. You can count on being conflicted in the world we live in. Second thing, trusting God is provision. I, I try to tell people all the time, God is already out in front of you. God is already in your tomorrow because he's not bound by time. One of my favorite things to just talk to God about is, God, pour into me today everything I need for tomorrow because you already know my tomorrow. Fill me up with truth today so that I can just enjoy tomorrow. See, trusting God is provision, not just for the here and now. I mean, the, uh, he was receptive to their prayer because they trusted him. He gave them victory because they trusted in him. And they were valiant warriors. Why were they even valiant warriors? Because God made them valiant warriors. But they were unfaithful to the God of their ancestors. Who were they faithful to? Who were they trusting in? Who were they listening to? As you read through the Bible, and if you are reading through the Bible with us, one day at a time, here we go, Genesis to Revelation, January to December, you're going to see in there those episodes where God's people, not just in the Old Testament, but in the New as well, start paying attention to the wrong influences. Trusting in the noise of this world is loss. It first brings confusion. It then brings conflict. Right? And then we lose. I hadn't planned to do this today, but I'm going to do it. The gathering is is incredibly blessed. Y'all, we are so blessed. Uh, I sat in a room Thursday... With probably, I don't know, 30, 40 pastors and their wives. And, and, and the topic of conversation, and it's technical sounding, and, and 
because they were all Baptists and they all liked to sit on the back row, I was on the front row. Because I don't care, and I just walked in, and that was where the seat was available, so I took it. But it was called Ministerial Burnout and Compassion Fatigue. And this was a message to a bunch of preachers and their wives. And I was sitting on the front row going, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you know what? God is our provision. God is our supply. Now, that doesn't mean you don't take care of yourself. That doesn't mean you don't, don't feed on the Word of God, the Spirit of God. It doesn't mean that you ignore your own health signs and your own mental health signs and, and all emotional stuff. You pay attention to that stuff. But I'm going to tell you what. If you want provision in a world that's gone haywire, then God is where you're going to find it. Okay? Trusting in that stuff out there is loss. Okay? The point of the day's message is simply this. God hears our cry. But we have to cry. You got to cry out to God. You got to reach out to God. Folks, somebody, I forget somebody, we were talking just now. Oh, I know, it was Tommy back there. You know what? I don't know why I wake up at 4.30 in the morning. How many of you check the time on the gathering in the Word devotional? Some do. Some look at it and go, man, you're up early in the morning. Yeah, 4.30, I'm awake. And it doesn't do me any good. I'm, it doesn't do me any good to lay there and go, oh, I need another hour. It just doesn't work. I mean, the minute I'm awake at 4.30, I might as well get up. Right? And so I get up and my computer's right there by the by, by where I can get to it real easy. And I sit down and I start reading and praying and reading and praying. And, 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 and right after I get up, I send out the gathering in the Word first thing. I'm not, folks, I, I'm a clown and I know it. So don't look at me like I'm one of the Wesley brothers or something. I'm not. I remember reading about John and Charles Wesley in their early morning devotionals when I was in Bible college, thinking, oh, that's crazy. I'll never do nothing like that. I'm not getting up 5 o'clock in the morning. No, God said, no, you're going to get up at 4.30 in the morning. <laughs> okay? I'm just telling you. If you are troubled, confused, conflicted, if you're discouraged, depressed, or whatever, get in the Word. Spend time with God. I'm not saying it's the only answer because guess what? I've got a family. You may need to see a doctor. I'm just telling you. But you're not going to find anything but encouragement when you get along with God and let God build you up. Okay? Cry out to God. Listen to what it says. Because this is a tough line and there are kids in the room, so I'm going to keep it like it's printed says they prostituted themselves with, with the gods of the nations. Folks, can I tell you something? There's some idolatry in our nation. I'm not going to get into details. If you want to know what I think are idolatry in our nation, give me a call. They prostituted themselves with the gods of the nations God had destroyed before them. So, so God raised up Assyria to take them down. 
and they went into exile. That's the, and, and understand the northern kingdom of Israel went into exile in bits and pieces, just like the southern kingdom did eventually into Babylon. The northern kingdom went into Assyria, into exile in, a, in Assyria. And, and obviously we know they were in Hala, Habar, Habor, Hara, and Gozan's River. You know why we read those names? Because they're real places. You know why God gives us the names of all these people? Because they're real people. This is not just a storybook. This is not just, this, this is historical account of how God worked in his people, in the nation. I told you last week, man, we're in Second Kings and I don't like it a bit. Because I see the ebb and flow of how God's people follow and don't follow. And it's frustrating. And then I do devotionals at 4.30 in the morning and walk out in the world. And then it gets real. Because we live in a world that follows God and doesn't follow God. Okay? God hears your cry. But you got to cry. So I want you to cry out to God. I want to encourage you that day. If you don't know Jesus, then, then, then that's, the, that's the only means that we have of crying out to God is that He established the relationship by His shed blood on the cross. We were adopted into God's family by the shed blood of Jesus. Okay? Maybe you're a Christian. But the conflict of this world has just beaten you down. God's our victory. No matter what's happening in your world today, God's your victory. God's your provision. First Chronicles 5. I suspect... Other than 2 Chronicles 7, where it says, if my people who are called by my name will humble them. I can't, man, I hope that verse falls on a Sunday. I've preached all the way through that, that verse before, all right? This is probably the first time in 40 years, 30 years that I've been preaching. Probably the first time in 30 years that I ever preached on 1 Chronicles 5. Why? Because it fell on today, and God has a message in Every verse of his word. So don't miss it. Pay attention and cry out to God. All right? Pray with me. Father, thank you. Thank you for today. Thank you that you are just doing some really cool things in our midst. But God, there's a lot of confusion in the world. There's a lot of conflict out there. There's a lot of stuff out there that, that God, you don't want us to actually pay attention to. So God, give us wisdom and give us discernment. God, help us to pay attention to you and where you say to be wise and to be cautious and to be careful. God, help us to take care of this temple, this dwelling place of your spirit, God, this, this, this worship place that, that, that is our, our body, these earthly tents, as Paul calls it. God, help us to listen to you and help us to cry out to you when we are in distress. But God... Help us to trust you. Help us to trust you for today, for tomorrow, for provision, and God, indeed, for all of eternity. And we just pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.